Hello, listeners. Two dudes with some balls is what I should be calling it back again. It's me and Jordan Ross. Talk to Booth again. Didn't even tell Ross this. Talk to Booth again. Seattle lifestyle that he's got. He uh, just too big for us now. No, not really. He's he's just a busy man, and we'll get him back on the pod eventually. But that's the great thing about adding Jordan. We knew Booth is a busy man making that paper, so sports podcasting isn't in his most free time. But we talk about sports here, and this is dudes with some balls ready to come at you. So today we got a podcast coming at you, a little bit about the uh, All-Star Game recap, as well as talking about some teams that we see heating up, maybe cooling off, as well as a consistent outlier team in there. And then Jordan fantastically showed up with the idea of talking about one player we're hoping or excited to see get traded. That'll be mentioned. And as well as I'd love to do a podcast probably in the upcoming week about the trade deadline approaching. But Jordan, how are we doing today in that Doing well. It's been a while. Uh, obviously, I think we've mentioned it the last couple of times we've spoke um, and we've spoken to each other that we want to be more consistent with this, not like once a month or every three weeks. So yeah. we're all living different lives and we're all three busy. So obviously Booth's not here again with us today, but uh, hopefully our schedules and uh, the stars will align for us to be more consistent and keep getting a podcast out on a weekly or biweekly basis. With consistency comes just one of us trying to put some audio out there and then being like, hey, you know, maybe we don't meet this one week, but I got 20 minutes to just talk to myself. It sucks. But to give the viewers and to give the channel a little more hope and consistency, I think uh, it'll work. And I think, you know, this is going to be our second episode in two weeks or there's a it's a biweekly episode at this point. So we're getting better. And I talked to, you know, Jordan and Booth trying to just maybe even putting a few out this week and just trying to get back into the groove of things. We're not going to let the dog days of summer affect us. To dive right into the podcast, the mid-season classic, the all-star break happened this past week. And Jordan said it best before we got on the pod. It was a little bit of a boring game. Pitchers matchup, if you will. Um, we saw some action early with Mookie Betts single in the score around and Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, decided to hit a bomb like why wouldn't he and uh, that was some good early action and then we got to see a sparks fly again with the three-run inning from the AL with Stanton the eventual all-star game MVP hitting a two-run blast which Jordan shout out you man you said you want to see Stanton in the pod or not the podcast I'd love to see Stanton in the podcast Stanton in the all-star game he was in the all-star game and he hit a big blast as then Byron Buxton filling in for Trout in the starting role hits a home run uh, solid first couple innings and then pitching took over got any uh, big takeaways from the matchup Jordan yeah, that's that ball that Stanton hit was. I mean, that's like a that's like a BP like distant home run mm-hmm. that he hit like in front of fifty thousand fans, uh, hundred and eight miles an hour, whatever it was off the bat, just an absolute missile. Um, I did want to see Stanton in the game. Uh, I believe I mentioned that last time we spoke, but after thinking about it more, because the last time we spoke, we did our own All Star like lineups of who we wanted to see where and what was likely going to happen and. You know, Otani, as big of a presence as he is in, in baseball, him beating out Alvarez, it's kind of like, well, that's just because it's the fan vote. Like, Otani, yes, he's a pitcher, but as the DH, should he have actually been there ahead of Alvarez? I don't know. Alvarez but was hurt. They didn't let – I know Alvarez was hurt, but you also got to understand, they didn't let Alvarez be classified as a left fielder, which or an outfielder this yeah. year for the voting, which they let Stanton, and Stanton has less innings in the outfield than Alvarez did so um at the end of the day it didn't matter like you said Alvarez was hurt but it was yeah. just a side note side note well, you always find a way upset. to get some some Astros hype in here um I got to 
you know, it's it's called being a level-headed reporter here, Jordan, or or podcast host. It's not the, you know, it's not the Bye-bye. Astros podcast. And even if it was, I wouldn't be on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but no, that's fair. Um, yeah, but dude, it does. I hate to hate to break it to your heart. I know you want to see the All Star thing next to his name because you just like dudes with some balls. You love riding him, so uh, <laughs> you know. So. There's that one for you, but uh, moving on, man. Yeah, yeah, good pitching. The, the one thing I really liked about the All-Star game, I love the mic'd up conversations for the most part. Uh, Max Freed and Garrett Cole had a conversation, and Max Freed actually, Garrett Cole seemed not interested at all, uh, which is fine. Um, but they, they talked a little. They had some, bad, some banter. But the one I really liked was uh, with Nestor Cortez mic'd up and him and uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on the catcher's name. Jose Trevino? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just talking about the pitches and listening to pitcher catcher dialogue at the MLB level. Sometimes, you know, I don't know if it's just because it's the All Star game, so it's a little more lax. It's just so simple as that, uh, you know. But it was it was kind of cool. Um, Nestor Cortez's glove was really weird. I didn't like it, but he makes more money than me, so he can do that. He's allowed to do what he wants at the All Star game. Yeah, that was the best part of the All Star game. I thought, like, the pitching was obviously really good. Um, like, even like, was it? I think it was Alex Manoa. Is that how you say his last name? Alec Manoa, yeah. Him or Alec Manoa? Yeah. So when he was on the mound, he was like asking the broadcasters which pitch and yeah. where, where they wanted him to dot it up. But he ended up hitting, uh, I think it was O'Neill from the Mets, but it was still pretty cool, like banter back and forth between the players and the broadcast booth. And it was also cool just seeing them go like around the diamond and ended up interviewing Rodriguez uh, for the Mariners and center and he ended up getting a ball hit to him during, you know, while he was on the, yeah, great the broadcast. So it was just, it was just a cool experience. And I wish they did it more because that to me is like going to help grow the game of baseball, um, you know, along with a lot of the other all-star festivities that took place. Yeah. The home run derby. I didn't even, I didn't really want to touch on it too much. And that's not just because Julio lost. It's just, I, I just, you know, we, everyone watched it or you should have watched it, but it was really entertaining. Uh, my biggest takeaway from the home run derby is actually just how big of a, I don't even know if I could say this technically, but I think P Alonzo is like the most eyewash person in the world. I, I was going to say some other words, but uh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's getting enough of it on social media, but like, I can't stand that dude uh, to so many regards, just, I mean, one, it's not even just what are we visualizing for the home run derby for? And then two, the deadlifting, like he deadlifted, I'm pretty sure it was like 185. And the guy weighs like double that. Like, I mean, not double that, but come on. Like it's it's just eyewash. You get that. That's like a 13-year-old doing pregame baseball videos on TikTok. It's that level of bad and cringe in my mind. Yeah, I mean, the home run derby is officially like pete alonzo's super bowl like yeah he gets up for the home run derby probably more than he'd be getting up for like a postseason baseball game no you're probably right because it's all about him that's it yeah right yeah but not a show i do feel like kind of bad for him because i think it was last the last couple years that he's won like it's kind of been one of those like notorious things that you you donate the money to like a charity if you want the derby but he's making like league minimum like six hundred thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars so he was like keeping the million dollar bonus for winning the derby. And oh. He got harassed to a point where he was like, "If I win it this year, it's going to my uh, organization or my charity." Yeah, and I, was like, I mean, it still yeah, probably should have, but awesome. I'm like, that's awesome. But at the same time, like five hundred thousand dollars, six hundred thousand dollars, whatever he's making, I don't think that stretches very far in New York City. So, fair, but it's more than ninety nine percent of the people in New York City still. I'd say. I mean, maybe not. I don't know how the. I don't know the graphics and numbers there so 
regardless, uh, to not get off topic of that, the all-star game, a little boring, especially with, it was, it was awesome to see the sparks fly at the beginning. You said it best though. I think, uh, the mic'd up stuff's cool. Got to find a way to incorporate it a little more into baseball. They do it sometimes during spring training, but would love to see it in the regular season as well. I know the athletes got to stay focused. It's their job. But other than that, man, we talked about potentially going over some three. So three, like the number three teams, each one for a category. I like to call it heat up, cool off, stay consistent. Um, how do you want to attack it? Do you want to start with the cool off team in your opinion? Um, yes, I'll start with the cool yeah. off. I feel like go yeah. negative first. I, this one was a little tough because all the teams that are really competing for the playoffs, like I, I really like. I would honestly say the obvious answer and that's only because they're on a fat win streak would be the Mariners. Like you can't sustain winning 14 games in a row. Um, so that would be like an obvious cool off, but like a cool off in terms of like, I think they're going to fall out of playoff positioning. I think the Boston Red Sox will, uh, I think they're very streaky at times. And the reason they're really in the playoff mix is because they hit a hot stretch. Remember at the beginning of the season, they really struggled. And I don't really think other than Devers, like the pitching has been pretty good. I just don't see consistent lineup activity that makes me think they can hang with the other three teams in the AL East. And that's going to cause them to cool off and slip out of the playoff race. Yeah. I mean, I, I think just for the sake of argument, you mentioned the Mariners would probably be my number one team mm-hmm. that I would say is going to cool off just because they're almost 10 games above 500 now, which they were what close to 10 games below 500 at one point. Correct. This season. So, um, realistically what does that mean are they going to be a a 90 win team i think they're probably going to be somewhere right between the 85 win 90 win mix um but another team that i you know i I really can see cooling off even more than they already have and this has been kind of a like a slow cool off um for realistically like the last month and a half as the new york mets yeah um, with how like slow the braves and phillies have started um i remember end of May, early June, we were both talking like, oh, this division's done. Like the Mets have mm-hmm. the biggest runaway for this division. The Braves are only two and a half games back right now. Yeah. Um, there's rumors that DeGrom's going to be wanting, or this, he's trying to come back, but it's like every other week there's another story. Well, he's dealing with this mm-hmm. type of tightness or soreness or whatnot. So um, yeah. I, I really think the Braves might win that division and the Phillies are playing good baseball right now as well. So I think you're just going to kind of gradually see, we might have a nice little race in the NL East. I hope we get an NL East like last year. I mean, I know if you remember the, the ultimate winning champions, Braves still had the worst record going into the playoffs out of any postseason team, but like that division shifted between Mets, Phillies, Braves, that whole last like month and a half. And maybe we'll get that again, which would be any playoff race is entertaining, no matter how good the teams are versus how bad the teams are just seeing what team gets in the playoffs is always a fun divisional races. And that's the best part about the second half of any season, obviously. Uh, what do you got for, I'm going to go with your heating up team. Let's go. Who's going to heat up for you the second half of coming off the break who needed that break and is going to get rolling. I really think, I'm going to go with the Chicago White Sox. Yes. Tell me. I'm going to go with the White Sox. They're 500 right now. But coming into the season, we've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast. We're all really high on the White Sox. Um, They're 500. They got the staff to do so. They got the – really, they got the lineup to do so. And, you know, as mediocre as they've played this season, the Twins never really took that big step. Like, the Twins are up three games right now coming out of the All-Star break. If you're if you're a Twins fan, you'd be much happier. Obviously, if you're up 
eight to 10 to feel comfortable that you're still going to win that division. Um, with the White Sox lurking, I think they could turn it, um, win some series. I mean, that's a sweep away from being tied for the lead um, of the, with the Twins. So that's my team that I think is going to heat it up. They got the staff, they got the back end bullpen, and uh, I think they're going to, I think the ball's going to be flying a little bit more in Chicago here in the second half. Yeah, dude, I'm glad we agree on this. Doesn't need to take much time. You said it perfectly. I think I think a lot of it, the lineup was kind of underperforming. They had some tough situations late in games early in the year where they blew some games or lost some close ones. There's a lot of silent, silent, really good spots in the White Sox lineup that just completes a team. I mean, Andrew Vaughn's in 301 and has a slugging percentage of 470 with uh, as well as uh, Adam, uh, yeah, Adam Engels hitting 256. Like you look at some of these guys, Jake Berger, still a younger guy, is hitting 250. Like it's not just Tim Anderson and Brady and Robert, which like we knew coming in. So now those guys who are like the not as important people, I don't want to say not as important people, but the other pieces are are doing their jobs, you know. And so I think with the staff, with the bullpen getting stronger, being more consistent, I agree. The White Sox definitely in a division where I still believe it can really be anyone's division. Um, the Guardians, I almost put in as like cool off team uh they could return it up uh just depends on certain situations i guess and just how they want to come out at the break we've seen two different teams from them Uh, my stay consistent team i could have thrown a coin flip for a couple teams but i I do got to say the new york yankees i see best staff in baseball obviously some power bats in there Uh, best record in baseball i believe still correct yeah 64 wins and i know they're playing houston right now i believe correct Yep, they're about to get swept in the doubleheader. Yeah, so it, I know that's that that's a good chirp for you, and you're feeling good probably on that. And you're probably going to say the Astros are your stay consistent team, but I think the New York Yankees will still be the stay consistent team throughout the second half of the season. Yeah, it's a good pick. I mean, I could have said the Astros, so don't don't get me wrong here. Yeah, I could say the Astros too. I mean, consistency. You want consistency, right? I think I texted you a few weeks ago and said the Astros have not been swept at all this season, which is like how you how you like stay consistent throughout the seasons. You cannot get swept. You got to be right. either sweeping teams or just finding a way to scratch one game in the series that you're losing. So they've been consistent in that regard. I won't go further on the Astros. I'm actually going to go um, with who I want to be kind of both even keel. Cause this was my prediction earlier this year. I actually have two teams. I really think that the consistent teams that we'll see in the second half are going to breathe the brewers and Cardinals because I can't wait to see that race just continue. Right now, they are a half game apart. Cardinals mm-hmm. are down a half game. And uh, I really hope that those teams are both just barely cl- or climbing climbing that ladder towards the postseason. And we see some really meaningful games um, in September, you know, before we even get to the postseason between those two teams. Yeah, I know in uh, August, it's the middle. I think it's like the 12th, 13th, and 14th. There's a series at Bush. Um, that's uh, supposed to be a pretty big indicator already. Obviously, as we're getting into this second half matchup, some of these division races, they really matter. Uh, and that is definitely one that really matters. I think when Tatis gets back, uh, some of those Dodgers-Padres series, just like last year until the Padres went on that little tank at the end, they're going to really matter. It's not as necessarily important. Some of those other divisions, all those AL East games are really going to matter. But like, even as of right now, like we can talk about, and and you're right, man, the Astros consistency is something that has to be really respected because like they're 60 and 32 and, you know, not saying the ALS is doing poorly. The, you know, I mean, they are other than the Mariners, but the Mariners are doing poorly and the Mariners like 15 game win streak, still nine and a half back. It doesn't happen without the consistency of the Houston Astros. So those games, you know, Houston's going to play Seattle a few times. 
necessarily doesn't really matter as much as some of these other 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 teams playing with each other, even though the records show better in Seattle and Houston. Um, just some of these closer division races are really going to matter. Atlanta, New York, like you said, Philly, Atlanta, Philly, like uh, it's, it's July, tons of baseball left. I mean, we say it every time we talk, tons of baseball left, even when it hits uh, September 1st for postseason indications. So uh, I'm just really going to sit back and enjoy the ride the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is my favorite time of like post All Star break for baseball is like the perfect time. It's kind of like a ticking time bomb. And yep. once the All Star All Star game happens, like that bomb goes off, and it's just kind of chaos. And every yeah. game matters a little bit more. Um, everyone kind of is even keel through the first few months of the season. Right. But now we're gonna have the trade deadline coming up, which will yes. kind of segue into the next topic. Perfect. We're gonna have the tag and then you know, next thing you know, it's gonna be August, September, and then postseason baseball is right around the corner. Um, which is my favorite time of the year. Football, postseason, baseball, you can't get enough. Of course, postseason, anything's always entertaining. Uh, games, super matter. I, I think, yeah, it, I agree with you. Best time of the year, obviously, for baseball. I think it's really important once we hit right now until the trade deadline, and then really when the you let August kind of go, you kind of go through lulls of, okay, okay, you know, they still matter. Some games are more exciting than other, and then September hits, and you're like, oh, shoot, like this – I didn't realize this division was important as important as it is. And then even just things like seeding matter, uh, wild card spots matter more. And so uh, definitely hitting something crazy. And like you said, trade deadline, you brought up the great idea. And I think it's a great segue for not only to wrap this podcast up, but present going forward into our next podcast. Um, we'd like to talk about kind of some trade deadlines as we're approaching the end of August. And you brought up one, one player we're excited to see kind of on that bubble of being dealt. And um, I feel like, between both of us, there's an obvious candidate. So I don't know if you're going to steer that route, but go ahead and share who you are most excited to see get potentially dealt at the deadline. So I'm going to, I'm going to actually, I think, I mean, he could be your guy, but this to me is like one of those pieces. It's not like that blockbuster trade guy, uh, but this is going to be one of those guys that there's going to be multiple teams going after this guy. Because one, he's playing for a terrible team right now. They're going to try to get some type of prospects or draft picks, whatever it is that they want when they deal him. And yeah. that's actually Lu- Luis Castillo um, a good for, piece. The, for the Reds. So, I mean, he's three and four this year, but he plays for the Reds. But he has a 2.77 ERA, uh, 82 strikeouts over 78 innings, got a 1.077 whip. That's going to be a huge piece for a playoff contender, I think, because it'll be a guy that you see this postseason if he gets dealt starting game two or game three of, of a series that could be like the turning point of that series. So I really think that's going to be the one, the one arm that I think I'm the most excited to see where he goes. He's a huge piece uh, in postseason baseball. Obviously a lot of it comes down to pitching dude. And sometimes I think the pitchers are more valuable to be dealt at the deadline than a big bat. And I feel like most cases you have to give up more for the big bat and, I could throw another pitcher in there and be like, yeah, I'm excited to see this guy. There's no denying Juan Soto is going to be the biggest name at the deadline. And he's the most excited I am to see get dealt. I know a lot of articles right now, Midwest buzz is going crazy that he's going to come to the Cardinals. And if that does happen, the Cardinals do have to give up a huge package. Uh, There's a ton of potential, you know, people in there, tons of prospects, including even including players right now that are in the bigs as such as Bader Carlson or O'Neill. I'm sure if you've read any of the articles, I don't necessarily know anything on that, but you have to imagine wherever he goes, prospects, 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 and some big league ready players. 
But imagine him in that Cardinals lineup with Arenado and Goldschmidt. It'd be like Tommy Edmond, Soto, Goldschmidt, Arenado. Like that is a four. That is a really good top four of your lineup. And so for what we talk about in that central race, uh, the cards would definitely need to do some other things. Hopefully pitching gets better in some aspects, but like, dang, that is a tough gauntlet of a lineup to face contact walks, power, power, like, uh, yes, please. But wherever one soda goes, he's going to make an impact. Uh, I know the Yankees have been thrown in there. The Dodgers have been thrown in there. Even the Mariners have been thrown in there with the prospect pool they got. So a lot of suitors for him. Uh, he's just the most exciting name to me. Yeah, I just, I just don't know if he's actually going to be dealt. And I think mm-hmm. we'll, we can kind of transition that uh, next next pod where we can kind of go in depth on some of these trades a little bit more. But he does have two and a half years left team control. Um, yeah. So unless you're a legitimate playoff contender, like the Mariners, I think, are kind of reaching that cusp, right? Like he could mm-hmm. be the guy that pushes them over the edge. But if you plan on being there this year and you're getting rid of all your prospects, yeah. you better plan on being there the next two years to get the most out of to him. To make sure. Dealt. You just dealt him in all your prospects. I agree. Where, you know what I mean? So, Dude, that's a perfect outlook because it's a haul to get him. There's no doubt. And, of course, he has, like, the best eye in baseball, and he's only 23, so he hasn't even hit his peak yet. Like, he shouldn't be hitting his peak. But totally, we can get into that next week. Uh, I really appreciate you guys listening. and tried to keep this one shorter. We did talk a little, and that just happens with podcasting. Uh, that's the beauty of it and the nature of it. So I hope those who do stick with us throughout enjoy it. I know we enjoy it. Uh, Jordan, always a pleasure. Glad we can get going again, and we're just going to keep rolling that consistency train. So uh, definitely appreciate it. Take care, guys. Everybody take care. Enjoy the week. Hopefully uh, put this out on a Friday. So enjoy your weekend. Everybody be responsible and watch the baseball. Take care, everybody.